1: But several years in, I started realizing knowing what I didn't want was not the same as understanding how to get what I did want. You know, a lot of times when we experience something that's really difficult, then we just want to swing the pendulum all the way the other way and say, if I do the exact opposite of that, then that means I must experience success. But what I ended up doing is uh, putting a lot of pressure on us, mm-hmm. um, I, and and that pressure for me ended up turning into emotion, and that emotion turned into anger, and um, and so it it actually didn't work for me. But I did have a vision for what I wanted, and which mm-hmm. was the opposite of what I experienced. But just knowing what knowing that didn't give me, it didn't really equip me to get to to actually experiencing that vision. And so I had to go through a learning journey. We both had to go through a real learning journey.
0: Welcome to Healthy Romantic Relationships, where we invite you to consider exactly what you need to know about yourself and your new partner. Learn about the foundational pillars and dynamics of healthy relationships and how to give and get the love you want. We speak with experts about communication, personality and attachment styles, sensuality and sexuality, and when to consider remarriage and perhaps a blended family. If you're yearning for a healthy, vibrant, romantic relationship post-divorce, we're here to support you. Welcome back to our last episode of Healthy Romantic Relationships. Today, we're discussing a blended family guide to avoid the pitfalls and enjoy the promise of blended families. And with me today is Mike and Kim Anderson. Today, we're going to look at time, energy and relationship challenges and triumphs when blending two parents and either one or two sets of children into one new family. Um, Kim and Mike have been serving couples living in step families for over 20 years. Uh, They've experienced many of the pitfalls and they're going to be talking about that and sharing how to avoid them. What they do is help couples move from a place of confusion and conflict in this new dynamic to a life of confidence and connection, which sounds terrific. They offer a weekly podcast packed with practical tools and strategies, and they personally coach couples in the areas of marriage and parenting in blended families. And guys, what's the name of your podcast? I want to mention it right off the bat here.
1: Oh, thanks, Karen. Mm -hmm. It's called The Blended Family Coaching Show. (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay,
2: there
1: you <laughs> go. Like really the, clear and direct, yeah,
0: right to the point. <laughs> so, the blended family coaching show um, for you podcasters heading in that direction, go over and and take a listen. And welcome, Mike and Kim. I'm very excited about our conversation you know,
3: today. Thanks for having yes, us. Yes, thank you so much. We're happy to be here. Mm-hmm.
0: And why don't we just start out um, with you? So you guys have been you're, you're like veterans in the blended family <laughs> world. So can you tell a little bit about how it started and maybe some of the bumps that you experienced that some of our listeners might be experiencing or concerned about?
3: Sure. hmm. Well, we met at work Mm -hmm. and Mike had never been married before. Mm -hmm. He had been in a serious relationship, but he had never been married. And I had been divorced for probably two years at that point. And I had a five-year-old daughter. Her name is Annika when we met. Mm -hmm. So that's where it all started. Um, I would say one of the first bumps in the road that just stands out in my memory so vividly is my daughter really liked Mike? Like she enjoyed him. There was never any pushback. She liked being around him, spending time with him. It was all good until the night before our wedding <laughs> at the rehearsal. Yep, yeah, at the actual mm-hmm. wedding rehearsal, she pulled me aside and she had this puzzled look on her face and she said, Mommy, I don't want you to marry Mike. <laughs> And I was just completely blindsided. I did not see this coming. I had no idea where it was coming from. And then when I asked her, you know, tell me more about that, honey. And she really couldn't articulate why she didn't want me to marry Mike because she really didn't know she was five years old. And so she kind of hemmed and hawed and, you know, tried to come up with something. And she finally said, well, you know, he talks too soft on our answering (laughs) machine, so you shouldn't marry him. That's right. (laughs) Don't be
1: marrying any soft talkers.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's all she could come up with. But she was experiencing a lot of um, mixed emotions Mm -hmm. going into Mm -hmm. our wedding day.
1: Yeah. You know, kids and adults both experience Mm -hmm. a lot of ambiguity heading into blended family life. I grew up in a really um, challenging blended family. And so I was actually kind of scared when uh, we were walking down the aisle. Terrified, I would say. 21 years ago, (laughs) because I knew uh, the possible challenges that we might face. Um, But my love for both the girls was just uh, over kind of overcame that fear and said, "Okay, let's go figure it out. And, And, you know, I think. Along the way, not just in experiencing our own pitfalls, but we took really seriously from the get-go uh, learning about, yeah. hey, what what can we do to do things differently so we don't end up where my blended family ended yeah. up? And so we got turned on to some learning. Actually, the weekend before our wedding, Hell ended yeah. up going <laughs> to uh, a blended family conference with a guy named Ron Deal, who... Now, twenty-one years later, I would say is probably our leading expert in our country on blended families. He, he wow. didn't know it back then, but but none of us knew it back yeah. then. But now I he think is. He's
3: written nine books now yeah. on the topic.
1: Absolutely. And so, um, we had the privilege of you know spending a weekend at a conference with him, and it was amazing. And what we realized is, hey, other people are going to need some of this as well. And so, right when we got back from our honeymoon. Um, we said let's let's get a a, a community support group going, mm-hmm. and so for the last 21 years, um, either on the side or the last seven years full time, we have been supporting blended family couples. Yeah, yeah.
3: So there's so much to learn.
1: Absolutely, so much. Yeah. Did that fully answer your question?
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes. And what's interesting to me is you actually had something to measure by while it was a negative measurement, like just, just you saying that I'm thinking most people have no idea what they're getting into. You at least knew what you didn't want to do, what, what, what didn't work. So in some ways, even though you weren't married before you came in with all of the blended family experience Mm -hmm. or, or the, what not to do experience maybe.
1: Yeah. And you know, what's really interesting about that, Karen is, um, it took me a while. Sometimes it takes a while for my dense skull to get information through. But several years in, I started realizing knowing what I didn't want was not the same as understanding how to get what I did want. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times when we experience something that's really difficult, then we just want to swing the pendulum all the way the other way and say, if I do the exact opposite of that, then that means I must experience success. But what I ended up doing is uh, putting a lot of pressure on us. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and, and that pressure for me ended up turning into emotion and that emotion turned into anger. And, um, and so it, it actually didn't work for me. But I did have a vision for what I wanted, which mm-hmm. was the opposite of what I experienced. But just knowing, what, knowing that didn't give me, it didn't really equip me to get to to actually experiencing that vision and so i had to go through a learning journey we both had to go through yeah. a real learning journey of what are these blended family dynamics and why is it so hard and why is it so different um and yeah. yeah so so it was it's true i came in with that insight but that insight didn't always serve me well i had to go on an educational journey
3: yeah. It's also right. very different being a child in a step family versus yeah. an adult in a step family. For so sure. he came in with a child's perspective, right. of being oh. on the other end of all this dysfunction that was going on with his dad and stepmom. It's very different when you're the ones in charge when you're trying mm. to keep a marriage going and parent and all of that. And, yep. and so it's not it, it doesn't doesn't equate exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. To, so anyway, we've been learning so, for a long time. We
3: have. <laughs> so, you know,
0: one of the first kind of lessons or morals of the story that I'm hearing is here. You guys were really in tune. You had some experience Um you you went and you went you went to a, a seminar or a retreat right away. You got educated right away. You came back from your honeymoon and talk about hitting the ground running. You were creating a community and building support. And yet I know the story involves a lot of pitfalls. And oh, yeah. so I, I kind of want you to speak to that piece of the story or that that lesson of um, as we get older, we, we, we learn that there's never a direct route between two points. Mm-hmm. There's always a zigzag. And so yeah. even with all that you did, you ran into pitfalls. Is there something about that that you would say to our listeners right off the bat? Mm-hmm.
3: Well, I would say that to expect the unexpected, mm-hmm. because you might think that it's going to be smooth sailing based on what's going on in the moment. But there are a lot of things outside of our control, mm-hmm. such as our ex-spouses and the other home, mm-hmm. and other connections that our our children have, and we don't have control over everything. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, things happen, um, feelings get hurt, conflict stirs up, and all of a sudden, what you expected is completely just thrown out the window. You're yeah. you're in a whole new place, and that's kind of what happened to us.
1: Mm-hmm. And I would add to that, that just because, you know, um, or you've learned in in some sort of a support group, you've picked up strategies along the way, those kinds of things doesn't mean you're going to get it right every time.
3: Yeah, it's a lot of trial and error.
1: And so having grace for everyone in the family, as well as for yourself to make imperfect progress. Like we had a lot of pitfalls but as we would kind of climb out of those pits, we would just keep going, and we would just keep going, and we would just keep going. And sometimes you're, yeah. going, you're going to have to accept that pitfalls will come, mm-hmm. and then just keep going.
3: Yeah, a pitfall is a great place to learn. Absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What and, do and you want to do different? I'm I'm hearing. Enter it with um,
0: flexibility, with the ability to pivot, um, yes. the ability to regulate your emotions, um, mm-hmm. the ability to build strong communication with your new partner. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hearing you say that information does not necessarily equal success. The pitfalls right. are still there. Right. And and Kim, I'm hearing you say. Don't look at the pitfalls as a bad thing. Those that's your learning curve right there. The pitfall is the learning curve. And I love grace and imperfect progress. So just to start us off, we just stopped now. That's a that's a that's a (laughs) a boatload of encouragement.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, if I could add one more thing, Karen, to that, we have to also understand that um, step families are born out of loss. Mm-hmm. Everyone coming into a step family has experienced a loss, either a divorce, um, uh, the death of a parent or some kind of separation of a couple. And so there's going to be ongoing grief throughout yeah. the blended family journey. And that's mm-hmm. something that we don't always um We don't want to think about because Mm -hmm. we don't want to think about our kids being in pain and grieving loss. We want to start our new happily ever after. We Mm -hmm. want to kind of wipe the slate clean and start over. And this is going to be great. And we can just leave the past in the past. And that's not how this works. Mm -hmm. The past is a part of your present yeah. And it will there will be ongoing waves of grief that mm-hmm. everyone in the blended family will experience.
1: Yeah. And those will be mixed with the joyous things. Exactly. Along the way as well, and mm-hmm. so sometimes
3: it's confusing. It's a mixed yeah. bag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. know, that's so interesting. And I think what we were speaking um, previously, you know, that whole concept that. That that Kim meets Mike and there is like all this, like, you know, passion and love and chemistry. Mm -hmm. And then there's Annika, who 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 may have fallen in love with Mike, but like the children are not starting at the same point. They're not engaged in the same way. And so it's so interesting because as young couples, we're just worried about me and you and can we get along, wow. but with a blended family. And I know that in your case, you had one and Mike had none. And sometimes both are bringing their own children. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the whole concept of how complex that can get with all of these different personalities, all of these different levels of grief, all of these different ways of communicating and needs and the whole bunch. Right. Wow. wow. <laughs> this sounds like a really... um challenging experience to get to a place of um, what what is the place that you get to I don't even know what yeah. word to put in there yeah health
1: um, yeah you got got to work yeah. toward health you know the dynamics like you just described whether one person's bringing children or whether both people are bringing children into the equation they're kind of set up in such a way that um, rather than drawing us together they kind of pull us apart. Right. And so what I mean by that is um, Ron Deal often talks about the reordering of relationships. So typically, you know, a uh, guy meets gal, they fall in love, they go get married, they have a honeymoon period, and then children come along the way and. What that means is the first and the strongest and the longest relationship in the home is the marital relationship.
3: Right. It's tight. Right?
1: That's that's where the basis of the relationships of the home come from. But then a separation occurs, a death occurs, a divorce occurs. And now we have these single parent years that we're living in and we're building tight bonds with our kids, mm-hmm. really connected Sometimes with Sometimes for years. Absolutely. Then guy meets gal someone (laughs) comes along and it's like oh hey you're you're pretty nice (laughs) and then we start working on building that relationship and sometimes as in our case we dated for about nine months before we were walking down the aisle which is pretty rapid actually when in the grand scheme of things wouldn't recommend that
3: (laughs) take your time
1: And, and all of a sudden we're under one roof but The relationships have now been reordered because it's the parent-child relationship that now has the most history, it's been around the longest, it's the most solid, and it's actually the marital relationship that is on the the shakiest ground. And that doesn't always make for great partnerships. That I
0: could see, could yeah. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. Like it's, it's the other partner could actually be the third, feel like the third wheel, like the odd yeah, yeah. man or woman out, which is fascinating. Yeah. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. So, I just want to address that.
1: Yeah, that's a great. <laughs> that's a really great question. Yeah.
3: Well, the dynamic that tends to emerge that we've seen over and over. Uh, in our own marriage and in every step couple we've ever talked to is the, the biological parent. And it doesn't matter whether, uh, whether you both bring kids in or just one person bring, brings kids in, but the biological parent, um, they just want everyone to get along and to be happy. Mm -hmm. Right. So just a, a simple example, you know, Anna and I, we have our groove and we're used to, you know, after church, You know, we go to the pizza place and she's used to that routine and she loves pizza and she knows that she can expect that mom's going to take her for pizza after church. Mm -hmm. Well, along comes Mike.
1: I want burgers.
3: He wants burgers. (laughs) He's not in the mood for pizza. He just had that last night. Forget pizza. And so now the biological parent, me in this example, Is now stuck between do I choose what Annika wants and what she's used to and what she's expecting? Or do we go with what Mike wants? Mm -hmm. And no matter what I choose, someone's going to be upset with me. Mm-hmm. So we wow. call this, yeah we call this dynamic the trapped teammate. Yeah, because I want to be everyone's teammate. I want everyone to feel good and be happy and and just experience love and joy. And but I'm constantly trapped, kind of like a rope in a tug of war between mm-hmm. what my new spouse wants and what my kids are used to and what they expect. And no matter what I do, I can't make everyone happy.
1: And every decision she makes as the trapped teammate speaks undertones of loyalty and priority.
3: Yep. And there If you are, don't
1: choose me then you're not loyal to me. You're not uh, prioritizing me. And same would be for the children. And
3: there are and dozens, dozens absolutely. of decisions you have to make absolutely. every day where you're feeling trapped.
0: And you know you're describing this kind of silly, simple one, but one could imagine as a parent like the the things that can come up. And you know, as you were speaking, Kim, yeah, what came to mind for me is monkey in the middle, um, and and then and then you know, Mike, it's like. We're the adults, we're partners. Yeah, right. And then your daughter, like, mommy, what's mm-hmm, happening mm-hmm, here? Like, I thought right. you had my back. Like, when you start mm-hmm. thinking about it, yeah. it becomes this really powerful, emotional pull uh, for each one of you. For sure. So for sure. painful.
1: And, and then on the flip side of mm-hmm. it, the step parent, you know, especially when the child is chosen, oh, we're going to go to pizza and Mike just has to suck it up. That feels like I'm stuck on the outside. You said it earlier, like the third wheel we call that the stranded stranger. I'm kind of stranded on the outside of this tight bond that Kim has with her daughter. And I can't quite seem to break this invisible barrier. I feel like an I, I'm on an island. I feel like a stranger in my own home sometimes. And that really feels uncomfortable.
3: He really it's wants really to be connected, but Absolutely. he just can't. He just, I mean, mm-hmm. that bond is strong yeah. between parents and kids.
1: It's yeah. tight. Now... now- if what what
0: was what was what title did you give yourself? I I'm, I want to track
1: this. So, sure, so the you, stranded stranger. Yeah, so A- and Kim
3: is the trapped teammate. Well, right. I'm trapped
0: teammate. In the middle. I, I love the names. I mean, they just yeah. speak so, yeah. volumes.
1: Sure. <laughs> yeah. So it's the it's the biological parent tends to feel like the trapped teammate. They're
3: trapped in the middle. And the
1: step parent to tends to feel like the stranded stranger. Now. If you're a complex blended family where both partners brought kids in, guess what? You're switching hats back and forth, back and forth, back and mm-hmm. forth, depending on what's you're going on. You're feeling
3: both. Yeah. And it's... did we
0: say pitfalls? Did we mention pitfalls? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and it's extremely painful extremely painful mm-hmm. and very common like I said every couple we've ever connected with really relates to this dynamic yep. and um but there there are ways to manage it there are yep. ways to minimize the tension and there are ways to manage it mm-hmm. before we get into that just
0: just I, I love kind of giving a landscape so mm-hmm. so to me this sounds like this has to be the core, the crux, the linchpin of what can cause so much emotional upset and what, when solved, can create beauty. Is there something else or or is this dynamic between stranded stranger, trapped teammate and the children the big thing that you guys coach around the most?
1: I think what we've found is that it's the most universal some couples experience it to a lesser degree some couples experience it to a much greater degree and it's interesting you know sometimes in those complex blended families both partners really feel both Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: then in other partnerships um sometimes based on personality type or on just the temperament of the kids or the temperament of the adults however that works Then sometimes it's really heavily weighted one direction or the other where it feels a little bit more like a simple step family where only one person brought in kids like us, because I rarely feel like a trapped teammate of of any kind. And Kim rarely feels like a stranded stranger of any kind because we're a simple step family.
3: But this dynamic ripples out to everything from, you know, how resources are allocated, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it ripples out around every decision Mm -hmm. that's made in the home. Yeah,
1: time, energy, and money, money. are greatly impacted And by
3: parenting stuff. decisions, of course. Ooh.
0: And we haven't even begun to talk about the exes if right. there is <laughs> the, the, <laughs> right. because and we work with a lot of high conflict divorces and so you can have your your garden variety fairly amicable yeah. ex, but you could also have the ex that you know, mm-hmm. won't go away, and just adds fuel to that fire. It's so, before, part. so I'm I'm thinking, God, there's so many different pieces to this. One is, how capable are you, the 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 parent or or step parent, um, the trapped teammate or the stranded stranger, in regulating your own emotions and knowing what part of this is your work to do, that mm-hmm. the external is just kind of showing you. Um, and, and then how capable are you? And this has shown up in some of my coaching. So if if, um, if for instance, Kim X was high conflict, but your, you might don't have experience with that, she could actually be regulated around her ex, but you could be like a hot mess around what yeah. he's doing. <laughs> yep. So, So I'm just throwing all that on the table because yep. it's bouncing around my head. And I'm just going to let you guys direct us from this point.
3: Or vice versa. Mm-hmm. I'm still being triggered by my ex and emotionally challenged. And He's the, the calm, collected one that's uh, editing my emails and, you know. You
1: sound like you have some
3: experience with that. <laughs> Did I touch on something yeah. here? Uh, yeah. It can go both ways, it right?
1: Can. Yeah. It can. yeah, you know, we lived um, through challenging uh, seasons with Kim's former spouse. Uh, as specifically one really challenging season that included parental alienation and three years in the court system and all kinds of things but going
3: prior on. to
1: that prior to that we had a great relationship with the other home yeah that was one of the things that i was actually comforted by going in is like wow they seem to get along pretty mm-hmm. well and we, we did do birthday parties for annika together and like all kinds of things we did um really reasonably until we got about seven years into our marriage yeah she was 12 yeah yeah. And then all of a sudden the tides turned and boom, we were we were locked in battle. Now, I, I kind of have the wiring or the I'm, I'm, I approached a lot of it more as kind of from my business background of, OK, this is a negotiation with an unreasonable business person. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to um, hold on to that uh, emotion and actually be more of a um, a calming force for Kim as she was getting triggered by all these things that were coming out. Or well, I whatever. was being was attacked. Yeah, absolutely. But that doesn't always happen. Mm-hmm. You know, we, I often have to talk to uh, step parents who tend to exacerbate the problem Yeah. and from a great heart, because they're mm-hmm. going, wait, this is my wife. Nobody mm-hmm. treats my wife this way. Yeah, right?
3: They want to protect.
1: And so I get it. Or this is my husband. Nobody treats my husband this way. Um, and so, I get it, but at the same time, we have to really examine what is our reaction, either contributing or distracting from the final solution of what we really want to
3: yeah, get. Yeah, and are we focused on the children rather yeah. than the drama?
1: Yeah, and so what's interesting is what we found. Um, often, when uh, a couple comes to us and one of their primary pain points is dealing with an ex-spouse, I think they get a little frustrated with us because <laughs> through our coaching. We actually, we deal with the other home at the end of the coaching process, because what we've discovered is we can talk about the ex all day long. However, if we're not connected as a couple Mm -hmm. and we're not united in our strategy and how we're going to move forward around things like our own relationship and things like parenting in our own home and standing firm on our values that we want to grow in our home. Uh, being able to navigate a difficult X, it just isn't going to happen. It, it's it's so challenging. We only have control of our home, of our relationship, of our interaction with the kids. We don't actually have control of that person in the other home. And so we've got to we've got to really um,
3: Put our unity. energy where yeah. we have some got to control, really
1: build unity and connection here. And the more we do that, the more united we are in the way that we handle that difficult situation with the other. home. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, that's really interesting because um, it's parallel to the co-parenting or parallel parenting um, guidance that we give, right? Where do you have agency? You have agency with you. Um, So when you're trying to change or fix or adjust what's happening someplace else, you know, you're bound to be frustrated and reactive. Mm -hmm. You guys are describing the same thing, except... I just have agency with me and I have hopefully a pretty good relationship with me. But now you guys actually, the the, the parents are building this new relationship while all of this pulling and tugging is happening. Mm-hmm, yeah. So so let's let's shift into because I know there's so much beauty here. Um, what is the guidance for navigating these landmines and and and, and what are the beautiful Outcomes you've experienced.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: Mm -hmm. Well, one of the one of the big landmines for kids when a family blends is what's called a loyalty bind, Mm -hmm. [3] and this seems to just happen naturally. It's funny how kids will. uh, What a loyalty bind is is you know okay, um, you know mom's remarried. Now I have this new stepdad, and he seems like an okay guy. But if I enjoy spending time with my stepdad, if I like him or even love him, I'm now betraying my biological dad. So they tend to sometimes be very guarded with a stepparent because they don't want to hurt their other parent. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, sometimes the other parent in the other home has been hurt by a remarriage and mm-hmm. is verbalizing their discontent about mm-hmm. the remarriage. Mm-hmm. But sometimes not. And the child just perceives that, oh, you know, my my mom, my dad's going to be really uh, uh, upset with me if I build a bond with this new step parent. And so that's a loyalty bind. And we can we can release our kids from loyalty binds. This is a beautiful thing that we can do for our kids. When our ex moves on. So when my ex-husband remarried, I removed a loyalty bind for Annika by saying, you know, your new stepmom, she seems really fun. You know, I I hope you have a great visit with her. I hope Mm -hmm. you guys have a great time. Mm -hmm. And then when she comes back, you know, if she wants to talk about what she and stepmom did, I want to be receptive to that. That's Mm -hmm. cool. Awesome. I'm so glad you had fun. Mm -hmm. And when I do that, I'm letting her know it's okay to love the people in the other home. I'm not going to put a big emotional burden on you for talking about what you're doing in the other home or for enjoying your new step parent. Mm -hmm. And that's a beautiful thing for parents to be able to do. It's a hard thing, especially if you're feeling threatened. I mean, there were times when it was hard for me. Um, But if you can release a child from a loyalty bind and allow them to enjoy all the people in their life, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing.
1: Yeah.
0: We have a special gift for you. Whether you're still emotionally entangled with your ex or not, imagining and creating your life after divorce can feel surreal for some, terrifying for others. Fears and limiting beliefs around financial security, building new friendships, health and fitness, and even finding healthy love can interfere with your ability to create the life you desire. Journey Beyond Divorce coaches can help you get clear on what you want and the obstacles that are keeping you stuck, and guide you in manifesting your ideal life. We're here to help you enter this new chapter with more confidence and enthusiasm with a free Jumpstart call. Visit journeybeyonddivorce.com backslash jumpstart to book your call today. I want to just comment on that because I've had a number of clients where their ex remarried and, but they didn't. Right. And so, so you're describing two-step families. Um, So for those of you listening who are in that situation and it's so tender, right. And so it's like, you don't have a partner, you don't have a whole family to have the kids come home to. And so, 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 there's a lot of self work there, right? Like yes. you're, you're, you know, I I remember even in the early stages when Dad had a girlfriend that he was engaged to. I was like, oh my God, they're not going to love me anymore because they yeah. seem so enthralled with her. Yeah. And so, so to your point, um, I just want to say to our listeners, if you're in that situation and and you're single, um, I think Kim just put it so beautiful for you to love your children enough. To release them, mm-hmm. to have whatever that relationship is meant to be with their other step parent, um, and to know that what you're feeling makes sense and is okay and invites in some personal work that's going to be really good for the, for the relationship and you, the single parent. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And you might have concerns about that other step parent, especially Mm -hmm. if you don't have trust for your ex, Mm -hmm. you may not trust that they're picking a good person to expose your child to. Those are all valid concerns and it's fine to ask questions and seek information But do it away from the ears of your child Mm -hmm. and find a healthy place for you to process a friend or a counselor, someone else who is not your child Mm -hmm. so that you're not just lumping this huge burden, this huge emotional burden on them so that, you know, when they're at the other home, they can be relaxed Mm -hmm. and they don't have this bind that they're struggling with.
1: Yeah. Often yeah. when we're not allowing our kids to uh, build connection with a stepparent in the other home, it's really about the discomfort of our own emotions mm-hmm. than it yes. is about what's going on for the child. And if we continue to keep them bound up in that loyalty bind that Kim is talking about, eventually. They're actually not going to talk to us about what's going on over there. Yeah, they're going to shut down. Shutting down. And they're not, well, I don't ever want to talk about stepmom because I'm afraid of what mom's reaction has been in the past. And so being able to free them of that bind and have enough security in your own self that, you know what, it takes, you got to work really, 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 I can't say really enough times, you got to work really hard to break a bond with your biological child. Yeah. That child is going to love you. That stepmom in the other home is not a threat to you. No.
2: <laughs>
1: I mean, you know, it feels threatening, it feels frustrating, but I'm telling you, you got to, <laughs> there is such a bond in this biological connection between a mother and a child or a father and a child that um, don't come at it from a place of, of um, scarcity, uh, you know, a scarcity mindset. I'm at it from a place of an abundance mindset that my relationship is secure with this mm-hmm. child. And I love this child and I want to free them up to go over there and just have a great time this week mm-hmm. and let them enjoy it.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think it's particularly impressive hearing you say that because you struggled with parental alienation, which mm-hmm. is <laughs> such a scary Precipice of is this bond going to truly break, and it does sometimes. And so you were actually there, Kim, and and Mike by her side, and mm-hmm. here you are saying that is such a strong bond. It was is that part of your experience coming out of that conflict?
1: Yes. Yeah, I think for both of us, actually. I mean, Annika's twenty seven now, and so we get the beauty of hindsight. Yeah, <laughs> and. Yeah, we had all those fears. Is yeah. she going to get turned against us? You know, and I'm sure Kim at a much deeper level. She was turned
3: against us for a sure. season. It yeah. felt like I had lost her. It was a very scary place to be. Absolutely. Um, but I did uh, eventually realize that that bond was never broken. What happened was in order to be accepted and loved by her dad, she had to reject our home. hmm so she was, Poor put. Time. she was put in the middle and, um, and she was just a kid. She didn't know how to navigate that, how to deal with that. Um, and it was really, it was really hard mm-hmm. on her and mm-hmm. it was really hard on us. Mm-hmm. Um, but the bond, the bond was there, yeah. that, that bond from the beginning, it was not broken.
1: Absolutely. And and we get to see and and so many, I mean, this is getting more and more talked about this whole parental alienation kind of reunification Mm -hmm. process.
2: Yes,
1: and we get to see the reality of, you know, reunification in different stories, different people we've served um, things that we hear that we're, we're, I think, culturally we're actually beginning to discover that, oh yeah, that bond is still there. It might take some work to reawaken Mm -hmm. it. It you might need to be intentional. And so it's not a time to go, oh, well, I guess all is lost. I'm going to throw in the towel and give up. No, it's actually a time to lean in and say, what are the, we talked earlier about, uh, you know, knowledge doesn't necessarily transfer to application, but what can I learn and Mm -hmm. how can I get some support to apply some some emerging strategies that are going to help that reunification process and then do something about it and actually what we're doing is then we're releasing kids from a totally different bind right this i mean this bind of being held back from a parent that underneath it all they actually really love right so i i just encourage if you're experiencing that hold on to the reality that that child still has love for you and there is something you can do mm-hmm. don't yeah. don't be hopeless find hope
3: there is something you can do without bad mouthing the other that's home right. that's, <laughs> that's the, that's the, the tricky yeah. part don't just
1: try to use their strategy
3: yeah on the <laughs> right. minute you yeah. you start playing that game you're you're hurting the child even for sure. more for sure yes yeah. Yeah. It's hard.
0: So and and we could we could go on about alienation we it's something we've <laughs> talked about but but, but I'm going to bring us back to so we started talking about that's 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 like the big one right the the huge one so when it comes to kids you started saying well there's the loyalty bond bind um what are some of the other challenges when there's yours and mine and maybe even ours? Like, how does that, what are some of the other issues that our listeners want to kind of be aware of?
3: Well, in our, our particular dynamics, um, Annika's dad remarried and then like less than a year later, I remarried Mike. So there were two remarried homes and then both homes started having babies ours babies Mm -hmm. so within two and a half years annika had five siblings so Mm -hmm. she had whoa yeah Yeah. she had three siblings at her dad's Ah. house and then we have two mutual children Mm -hmm. and so she went from being this only child that was doted on by four people and you know at the center of attention to now having five siblings which You know, she handled really well. She was excited Mm -hmm. to be a big sister. She was engaged. She was right there um, helping and and loved it. But at the same time, one of the most difficult challenges in that type of uh, scenario is this moving back and forth from home to home and always missing someone. Mm -hmm. So she would be at our home thinking about those other kids, not just her dad, but those other kids and what's going on in their life. And those kids are missing me. And then she'd go to her dad's house and she'd be thinking about our kids and what are they up to? and oh they're missing me. Mm-hmm. And she, she never, uh, she never knew quite where she belonged, mm-hmm. even though both homes really, uh, did everything possible to make her feel like you're part of this family. You fit, you belong seeing these two sets of kids in each home that did not have to move back and forth. And she was the only one moving back and forth. She's like, Mm -hmm. well, they belong there. They belong there. Where do I belong? Mm
2: -hmm.
3: That I think for us, I mean, that's not all that common, but, um, that was a
1: hard but, one. But there's a degree of that. Yeah. Every time a child goes to dad's, they miss mom. Yeah. Every time they go to moms, they miss dad.
3: Yeah. Yes. And
1: so even regardless of the situation, kids, whether yeah. it's remarried or whether there's more kids or whatever, there's the opportunity for a child to be missing somebody
3: Or the there time. can be step siblings in the other mm-hmm. home. If one of the parents marries someone with children and they've bonded to those stepchildren, yeah, and, or their step siblings mm-hmm. and they're and they're missing them. Or
0: I would imagine they didn't and there's resistance because they want to see mommy yep. or daddy, but they're not so happy about seeing their steps. Oh, yeah. Right, oh, right. yeah.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: So there's just such a mix in here. It's 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 um, you said really, really, really. I want to say complex, complex, complex. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: really?
1: Right. It is. Yeah. And, we're... And, and you know, what's funny is like if we can kind of get our head around just some simple strategies along the way we can start to um, experience more connection, Mm -hmm. more confidence, uh, and a bit more peace in our home. And, you know, this, I know you're you're wrapping up a a series on healthy relationships. And so one of the things that um, we've found that always seems like so simple, and in fact, as couples first start to hear they're like yeah 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 like we need to you know invest in our romantic relationship or we need to get date night on the calendar and stuff like that and we're like yeah like seriously don't don't neglect the reality of these small moments that you can build your connection and unity as a couple
3: your romance
1: because if you're yeah if you're neglecting that you get into trouble so so we enter into this season of parental alienation. You know, we're kind of shocked by it. all of a sudden we're going to meetings with lawyers. We're meeting with guardian ad items. We're counselors. talking about counselors. We're doing all of this stuff. And and we throw ourselves into that thinking that, okay, it'll be, you know, a few months and we'll get through it. Well, a few months turned into a year and a year turned into three years and all that time, while it's noble, we're fighting for Kim's parental rights. It was necessary. We're, we're putting energy into that. We're doing all of this stuff. All the while, what we didn't realize is that our marriage—you know—on the great stove of life, the marriage pot was slowly inching its way to the back burner. And pretty soon, we literally were neglecting our own relationship. And forfeiting that to try and manage all the chaos that was going on around us. And there's a lot of chaos. Yeah. I mean, we have other kids to take care of. We've got work. You know, we're, I mean, We've life had a is lot life, going right? on. There's a lot going on. And what we find for so many blended families is that, that the um, activity level is ramped up, right? And so it's really easy for us to assume, well, we'll just, you know, forego date night this week.
3: Mm -hmm. And then
1: next week we'll forego it again. Oh, we're too busy.
3: There's too much going on.
1: So here we come out of this, we're emerging out of this three-year battle and we're looking at each other going, who are you? Like, I don't even know (laughs) you anymore. And we didn't like date night. There was a season where we didn't really like each other that much. We really struggled. And we had to be very intentional. In fact, after, within a year after that season... Uh, we were on the verge of separation mm-hmm. because because of all the tension that all of this mounted for us. Remember earlier I said blended family dynamics, and this is true whether you're an extreme case like us with the ex or whether you're not, doesn't matter.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The blended family dynamics kind of set us up to pull the couple apart rather than draw us together. And that means we need to be intentional. Mm-hmm. We have to be very intentional about our time and our energy, and the way that we're building that relationship. And by the way, we have to do that with all the relationships in the home. And we talk about that. We talk about that on our podcast, actually, about kind of juggling our time and energy between our couple time, our family time, our one-on-one time with biological kids, and and even our personal time, Mm -hmm. because we need self-care stuff going on as well as individuals. How
0: do you do that when there's only 24 hours in a day? I'm I'm a little bit overwhelmed just hearing all of this.
1: Well, from my perspective, um, the way that I've I've learned to do that over the years is to get out of this balance mindset that our culture often kind of pushes toward us. We need work-life balance and everything needs to be in balance. Well, if I take into consideration <laughs> mm-hmm. all of my relationships and it's all impossible. of it, and I try to give equal billing to everything in my life, I need a, you know, I don't know, 150 hour day right, <laughs> to figure that out. But what, I, what I've what i had to do is I've had to get my mind out of balance instead of balancing the scales and say, you know what, what's a healthy rhythm? Mm-hmm. How can I have a healthy rhythm in all the areas of my responsibility in a way that supports everything that happens to be going on? Kim doesn't need 40 hours a week from me. In fact, no. Kim's pretty independent and she's kind of an, <laughs> a, an introvert. And if she got 40 hours a week of me, she'd oh, probably get sick of me, actually. <laughs> that would not be good. <laughs> but, but she does need once a week or every couple of weeks mm-hmm. for us to shut Focus down time. work talk, for us to shut down parenting talk and to go somewhere mm-hmm. that's outside the house and just talk about, hey, what's going on for uh, you? That
3: heart what's... to heart connection.
1: Exactly. But if we do that every week or every couple of weeks, that's a great rhythm for us. Mm -hmm. Just a few hours, right? Keeps us connected. It's the same thing with biological, like one-on-one time. So there was times where Kim needed to go with Annika on a regular rhythm and just get one-on-one time. And I needed to release her to do that. Mm -hmm. Now, did that like agitate my stranded stranger feeling? Yeah, of course it did, especially <laughs> for an extrovert who's lonely when when he's all by himself, right? I can handle about a half an hour and I'm like, I got to call somebody, right? I'm, and so so that is challenging, but recognizing the value of it and yeah. then supporting the rhythm of that was really important. That's
3: part of healthy blending Absolutely. is maintaining those one-on-one relationships yeah. because that eases the, the kid's tension. Yeah. Karen, you just said, you know, when your dad started dating someone, oh, no, am I going to be left out now? Mm -hmm. Am I losing my parent? That's always in a child's mind. So that one-on-one attention and time and connection lets the child know, my relationship with you is the same. Nothing's changed.
1: You're a priority. And then the cool part is when it's time for family time. Yeah, when everyone's together. This is a huge misconception out there uh, a lot is... We think, well, if we want to build tight bonds as a family, we got to spend a lot of time as a family. Like I grew up watching the Brady Bunch and they were just together all the time. Right. So Mm -hmm, so that must mm -hmm. be it. Nothing like getting our uh, our family advice from a sitcom from the 60s. Not a
3: good idea. No, that's not not what you do. That's not not a good idea.
1: So we think we need to, you know, everything needs to just be everything together. But all the research shows that the tensions are highest when the whole family is together. Yeah. So what we want to do is figure out the right rhythm mm-hmm. of this one on one bio time between a parent and a child or a bio unit. Sometimes yeah, we, we, we've had the privilege of coaching one couple who had 10 kids between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. One on one time with every single individual. It's it, not going to happen. <laughs> hey, I'm going to take my six kids and I, and we're just going to go do this thing and we're going to spend time as a bio unit and you take your four kids and and you spend time as a bio unit. And we'll have that rhythm to, and what happens is now the kids come back to family time with a sense of security and stability because they just got that time with mom or with dad and the tension actually starts to subside. So we have to be strategic around this rhythm of family time too. We can't just cram everybody together all the time, right? We We have some friends we met early on and when they first got married, they bought a big suburban, they had five kids, and they're like, oh, you know, like a couple months in, let's throw them all in the suburban and take a road trip. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> and I love uh, Disaster. when you hear him <laughs> tell the story, the husband goes, and they, they've been married longer than we have, actually. Yep. It's like 25, 26 years now. But he, boy, when they experienced that, he, he just hangs his head and he goes, it was just the worst <laughs> it's like the worst trip they came back they actually sold the suburban they're like we're never doing oh, that. <laughs> but, but what they discovered was hey we can take family vacations we can enjoy each other but part of enjoying each other in that setting is creating a rhythm of being able to um, invest in that bio unit time, that one-on-one time with the kid, it all has to work together. That's part of why we call it, you know, juggling time and energy juggling requires rhythm. Mm -hmm. If I get off on my rhythm, I'm dropping balls. (laughs) Right. And so we've got to juggle all of the realities of what we're facing. And it's simply different than first family life. So we have to have different strategies. Very
3: different. Yeah. I mean, one of the challenges too, with, uh, Spending couple time like date night is that sometimes kids get very agitated and upset when a parent goes off, you know, to have a date. a date with their new spouse. Yep. Because If the kids are used to having all of their parents' attention all the time, 24-7, the parent is there and they're never left with a babysitter and they're never, Mm -hmm. you know, the parent kind of doesn't have much of a life outside of their kids during those single parent years. Mm -hmm. Then when they recouple and they go to spend time with their new spouse, the kids really can have a tough time with that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we think it's healthy for kids to see you spending time with your spouse. Um, because if you want to model what a healthy marriage looks like, you want to model that this relationship is a priority and it's mm. important to spend quality time with your spouse. And that's something first families do all the time. Right. You know, they leave their kids with the sitter and go out on date night and, kid, and nobody
1: questions. Yeah. <laughs> and the
3: kids understand that this is important and this is how you do marriage and you spend time together. And so it's an important thing to model for your kids, but we find a lot of, um, a lot of parents struggle with that and they'll actually avoid doing date night when their kids are in their home for visitation. They'll mm-hmm. wait until their kids are at the other home and okay, now we can do date night. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense because they have limited time with their kids and they mm-hmm. don't want to just leave them. So, I mean, it's, it's really difficult, but once in a while, it's okay mm-hmm. to let your kids know, Hey, you know, we're going out on date night, the babysitter's coming over But do it after you've spent some individual time with your kids. Yeah. First, fill their bucket. Mm -hmm. Yeah. First, fill them up and let them know, hey, our relationship is secure. We're good. You're a priority. And the next night, my 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 partner, my spouse and I are going out. Mm -hmm. And that's a healthy thing for kids to see. Maybe not every visitation, Mm -hmm. but once in a while.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I imagine that there's a broad spectrum of people listening. Some mm-hmm. are maybe coming out of a difficult marriage right now, and they can't, they're like, why are we even listening to Mike and Kim? Because I can't even imagine like <laughs> remarrying. That's, that's not where I'm at.
3: I've now. been there. <laughs> and
1: then on the other end, maybe you're dating. Maybe you're uh, getting pretty serious and you're yeah. thinking about blending and you're going, oh, shoot, is that what I want? To do? <laughs> <laughs> what am I
3: signing up for?
1: But, but wherever you are, on that spectrum, in this single parent season of your life, something to consider is that if there's a possibility yes. of future, a future person coming along that's your person, if you think that's going to be a possibility, which I would say for the majority of people listening, that will likely happen somewhere mm-hmm. along the journey. I would consider now how you can have a healthy rhythm of your own personal time, your own personal self-care apart from a child. To actually ease the impact of exactly what Kim's yes. talking about. Because in your single parent years, if that child is used to you going to pottery class on Thursday night or book club or to, book club, mm. or to dance class or, bowling or something lead, like whatever. that, and that's a normal rhythm for them and for you. Then when that person comes along and it's like, hey, I might want to go out to dinner with this person. Um it's not so foreign to the yeah, child.
3: The child's not going, wait a minute. What exactly. about me? Exactly. And they're not used to having all that focus, time yeah. and energy. Yeah.
1: And don't hear us wrong. If you get your kids every other weekend, we're not saying no. go out every Saturday no. night and hire a babysitter. Maybe once a quarter, you'll actually go do something apart from the child, even on your time maybe or twice a year or something like that. But something that actually indicates that my life has uh, uh, some autonomy and Mm -hmm. your life has some autonomy and we're going to experience that together Mm -hmm. along the way so that when things shift, when someone comes along, we're not that it's not such a shock for them. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully that makes sense.
0: I think that's great advice. And, you know, we all have experience when our children become teenagers, they find autonomy really
1: quickly. Oh, it's like, who, yeah. who are you? I yeah, don't want to
0: be with it. you. You know, drop that's me right. off at the corner.
1: Oh, yeah, true. They're going to do it to you. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. They're all about their pack of wolves that they want to yeah. hang out with. And so yeah. really, you guys have just. I know we could probably talk for the next three or four hours. I'm well aware of that. (laughs) Um, You have created so many good points. And so I'm going to list some of my notes. I would love for you to throw some things in that I don't have on the page, just as we begin to wrap up and encourage people Mm -hmm. with, with strategies. And Mm so I love the uh, attend to the romantic relationship Mm -hmm. and, and, Part of the work that I do is working with couples who are trying to mend. And it's always top of list, you know, and it it isn't for them. It is for the coaching Um, and it's it's and the excuses. And so you've said some really important words. So intentional one on one relationships with your new partner uh, or spouse, with your Bio kids like yeah. that, that, that intentional. That the other thing I heard is be present, like make it mm. quality time. It's not a yes. quantity time thing, certainly mm. not the description you mm. just gave. Like, there's right. not enough time for quantity time, but quality time is really, really important. Mm. Yeah. And, um, and I love that concept that juggling is about rhythm and that it is true that black and white work life balance. It's like. If there are kids in the household, if it's a blended family, um, the balance ship has probably sailed. And we're really looking at the juggling rhythm as as a healthy way of living your
1: life. That's right. It's more realistic. Absolutely. And, you know, we didn't talk about this, but depending on the relationship with the step-parent and the step-child, we need to let the step-child set the pace. But when that pace starts to pick up, And they're feeling they're responding well, without pressure, then figuring out some direct one on one time between a step parent and a stepchild. Yes, man, I can tell you over time that brings such a blessing. And with Annika being 27 now, I'm actually uh, experiencing the fruit of all that intentional work. Uh for over the last couple yeah. decades. And Even so if it's, it's just
3: small things.
1: Absolutely. Tiny thing. Go on a walk with the dog. Doing go, a
3: puzzle together. yeah,
1: Grab a ice cream cone, whatever yeah. it is. Um, Little doesn't moments. Doesn't have to be big. It mm-hmm. Doesn't have to be big.
0: Yeah. yeah so really, the, the level of managing relationship is what I'm hearing at the core of all of this is. You're stepping into complex, multi-layered relationships with your bio children, with your stepchildren, with your new partner, with your hours children. Like yeah. all of that is going on, you've got under one roof so many different relationship experiences and perspectives, and 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 so the words of intentionality, of presence, of communication, of rhythm. We come back to Mike Imperfect Progress. I, I, love, that. <laughs> I love that.
2: I yeah. love
0: that. Yeah.
1: yeah, and it's so good. You know, and part of that, in- and <laughs> and part yeah. of that, and part of that in
0: the, we'll <laughs> <laughs> just go. And-
1: right. So part of that in the context of what we're talking about here is really being able to accept the relationship for what it is today mm-hmm. without losing hope that we're going to continue to grow it into tomorrow. Yes. Right. Cause when we don't do that, when we don't accept that, we actually create pressure. And when we create pressure, we actually blockade our progress. And right. so we're not making imperfect progress anymore. We're not making any progress because yeah, everybody's under stuck. pressure. Like me, like me, like me, like me. I only speak from uh, experience because I've struggled with the like-me syndrome before. Right. And, and so we've got to be able to just accept that, well, you know what? My stepkid might not like me today, but that doesn't mean they're not going to like me tomorrow.
3: Yeah. The research shows that it takes the average blended family seven years to fully integrate and blend. Yeah.
1: And that's just average. Yeah. It, yeah. So some take longer. Yeah.
3: yeah. It takes time. If you're coming Absolutely. into a child's life and they're a preteen or a teenager... It's going to take some time. Yeah. And there might be a period where they're testing you.
1: Yeah. I don't know of any preteen or teenager going, you know, I wish I had another parent in my life telling me what to
3: do. <laughs> I, need a, I need another adult <laughs> bossing me around.
1: <laughs> it just doesn't happen
3: that way. Oh, <laughs> yeah. no. And if they aren't sure that you're going to be around for the long haul, they're going to hold you at arm's length. That's right. Yeah. You know,
0: um, this. This is just so chock full with great um, insight Mm. as well as suggestions and just looking at the two of you and the way you keep looking at each other and like the love that I can tell is there and that this is what you do with couples who are in a similar situation. I just want to thank you for the work that you're doing in the world and thank you so much for coming Mm. And sharing with our listeners the possibility, the pitfalls yeah. and the possibility yes. and promise for the future. And could you just share a little bit um, of how our listeners can find you if they want to, like, dive deeper into this topic?
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one easy way to find us and get a lot of uh, information, I think, uh, yeah, we've got over 140 episodes on our podcast. Yep. Well, and just every topic. a reminder, just... On any app you listen, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever, um, just look up the Blended Family Coaching Show.
3: Or you can access it directly from our website, of course.
1: Yep, which is mikeandkimcoaching.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: And you can, uh, you can also reach out to us for a free coaching call. We do mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. coaching consult for people. Their first one is free. And you can sign up for that directly from our website. We love to connect with people. That's right. We really do. Yeah. That's a
0: beautiful gift to offer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you. I want to uh, just encourage everybody who's listening, if if you're headed in this direction, um, you've probably been listening to Journey Beyond for a while, and this is such a perfect next step for you. So check out Mike and Kim, their website, their podcast, which has so much great information and um, and invite your loved one to do the same. yes. <laughs>
3: Yeah, and don't don't wing it. That's right. That's yeah. our that's our big advice. <laughs>
0: and, and Mike and Kim, we're we're following this um this series with a series on parenting. And I would love for you guys to come back and talk more specifically about all the complexities of, of, of parenting in blended families. That'll
3: yes, we'd love to. Yep. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. There's mm-hmm. lots to talk about on that topic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Beautiful.
0: So, this is the end of healthy romantic relationships, and we'll be starting our parenting series real soon. So, you stay, t- you stay tuned, and we'll see you soon. Bye bye. Thanks for joining us on the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast. I hope you found guidance and encouragement to help you along your journey. If you like my podcast, please take a minute to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. You can also visit us at jbddivorcesupport.com, where our team of coaches support both men and women through our one-on-one coaching, group programs, online courses, and free resources. Stay tuned for our next episode, and I'll talk to you soon.